an overcoming church. Does that sound like us? Are we an overcoming church? Come on, are we an overcoming people? Yeah. Oh, and I'm just so, come on, like what we did with, with the dancing and just celebrating what the Lord did on Friday with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Come on, can we just again just lift up praise to Jesus? Come on. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I, I was just blown away. I remember it reminded me of two years ago. We did our, uh, we, were, we were, doing, were doing our worship in the park events. And we did one with uh, Sean and Let Us Worship. And I just remember the only thing that the Lord gave me for that night was to declare that we would see abortion end in our lifetime. Come on, this is the beginning. And now we are praying and we're believing the Lord for all 50 states to outlaw it. Come on. Let's see that happen. Come on. It can happen. The Lord can do it. And listen, as a church, we're going to step into the gap here. We're going to step into the gap and we're going to provide. My mom talked about adoption, foster care. It's not just money. It's also how do we care for these women? How do we care for the body of Christ? How do we become the church in the book of Acts that said they had no needs? Oh, come on. This is it right here. This is a moment. The federal government steps aside. The state outlaws it. The church steps in. Come on. This is not for us to be on the sidelines for. It's time to step deeper in. It's time to stand in the gap as a church and say, you know what? The government wasn't meant to handle this. The church is. The church is. Come on. Wow, Jesus. You're so good, Lord. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to do my best to intro this this morning. I've been praying about this, and again, we've been in a, we've been in a season where series are very hard here because the Lord just always knocks it sometimes. It's like, nope, not today. I'm like, but Lord, I really wanted to preach on that. But we're going to, I'm going to do my best this morning to intro a new series that I feel is from the Lord, and it's called An Overcoming Church. And the theme comes from the book of Revelation. You can see it there, Revelation 2.7, where it says, to the one who overcomes. So John is writing, and he's writing messages to the seven churches. And you can see here I'm just going to read Revelation 2, verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then what does it say? To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And you'll notice in every single one of these letters, towards the end of the letter, what do you find? He who overcomes. To him who overcomes. It's this theme. And if you read the Bible, like, all of the letters Paul wrote, there's a very fascinating thing that you need to pay attention to, and it's how every letter ends. Why is that important? Because you've written this long letter, right? Paul writes the letter to, to the church at Colossae, and it's this long letter, and it's, it's, it's amazing, and then the ending is usually Paul 
exhorting them into something. He's commissioning them into something. And I found that really, really cool. Like even as I was looking at some of these different charges. So Paul, for example, Colossians 4.18, what does he charge them with? Grace be with you. Grace be with you. Ephesians 6, 23 through 24, what does he say? Peace be to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. So the ending of a letter is important, right? Have you, how many of us have written letters? Not on our phones. <laughs> yeah, what's a letter? Yeah. Do we still do that? Do we still write notes to each other? Do we, is that a thing? High schoolers? No? No, okay. We used to do that when I was in high school. And you would end the letter with a specific, like, greeting, like love or, you know, whatever that is. And that ending was kind of your conclusion to your letter. So John is concluding every letter here with an overcoming statement. To him who overcomes. So it's important that we get that theme that overcoming is really important. And there's two reasons that I believe John was writing that specific phrase to these seven churches. Reason number one, to refocus the churches back on Jesus. What does that first statement to the church at Ephesus say? I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. He's refocusing them back on salvation, on eternal life. Like, look, look at the big picture. Refocus on Jesus. And then the second thing that I believe John was, the point that he was making was perseverance unto the return of Jesus. So the message at Thyatira, let's look at that. Verse 26 here, Revelation 2, 26. He who overcomes... And he who keeps my deeds until the end. So we keep his deeds until the end. And that word deeds feels very like work. But I think what he's getting at is keeping his word. It's focusing, again, it's focusing back on Jesus. Jesus said, many, he said, I only see what I, I only do what I see the Father doing. So Focusing on him and saying, I'm only going to do what I see you doing. Romans 12 verse 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So perseverance looks like knowing and walking in alignment with what Jesus is doing and remaining in that place. Like this is overcoming. It's holding on to Jesus come what may. Whatever that looks like, I'm going to hold on to him. I'm going to hold on. Ephesians. Ephesians says it this way. Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Resist the enemy. Stand firm is an overcoming church. Unwilling to waver right? We're talking about life here. We're not wavering on life. We're unwilling to waver towards culture. We're standing firm. We're an overcoming church. 
It's not optional. It's not like, a, oh, maybe we'll slide over here and get tossed by every wind of doctrine. No, stand firm. Resist. What does it say? Resist the enemy and he will flee. But that first thing is really important. We can't be like, okay, resist the enemy, but maybe we go over here. No, stand firm. Resist. That means, nope. I'm an overcomer. And we are in a battle. This is really important to understand. Like, I am so thankful to the Lord for the battle that was won this past Friday. But we continue to be in a spiritual battle, right? We don't war against flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness, the, the things that the enemy wants to do. We say, no, Jesus. So an overcoming church is this, a church that is not overcome by evil, but that overcomes evil with good. It is a church that stands in the midst of persecution and questions. It is a church that stands in the midst of the pressures of life and culture. It is a church that resists evil and stands firm in the presence of Jesus. That's an overcoming church. And I just want to say, as, as, a, as, as the pastor here, we are an overcoming church. You walked into an overcoming church this morning. You are an overcomer in overcoming church because we as the people of God are the church. And right now we're making a prophetic declaration to the enemy by gathering in this place and lifting up the one name of Jesus to say, I will overcome. I have overcome. And Jesus is king. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the invitation, God, to continue to walk as an overcoming church. And I ask you that you would release it in this place, God. Every person, every heart, every person watching online, Lord, we just thank you, God, that this morning you are going to impart to us the fact that because of what you've done, Jesus, we are overcomers. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So this morning, I wanted to intro, which was what that was. <laughs> it's just an intro, I know. Uh, if I don't get through all my notes, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going notes this morning. But I, as, we, as I was praying about this series, I had so many things I wanted to talk about. Like I had an Evernote file with like an overcoming church this, an overcoming church that, an overcoming church this. And I was like, Lord, I want to preach all of them. And he was like, you need to start with Jesus, our overcomer. Because listen, I could preach about so many things and we could jump ahead, but we're putting the cart before the horse. Why? Because I have to understand a very important thing about the gospel. And that is this. Before I understand how to constantly wake up every morning and overcome, I have to understand what I've overcame. Through Jesus, I am an overcomer. And so it's really crucial that we grasp through the blood of Jesus, what have we already overcome? Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even 
would face with death. But I want you to understand this. They overcame him. Why? The blood. Man. Like, honestly, right there, we should just stop. There should be a Selah right there. We should never grow tired of the blood of Jesus. We should never get tired of reading that statement and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. For the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Thank you for the blood, Lord. Hebrews 12 says the blood, his blood, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Oh, that's so good. Why is that important? Because his blood speaks a better word. His blood is better. His blood encompasses everything. His blood washes us. His blood cleanses us. In his blood, there's freedom. It's in the blood of the Lamb. And so listen, we only have the ability to overcome because of what he overcame. Oh, that's good. Jesus overcoming the cross and death through the resurrection allows us as believers to step into overcoming. But sometimes I think we lose sight of this. Like this morning, as a believer in Jesus, you are already an overcomer. We need to see our lives this way. Like we're not, we, we don't have to see our lives as trying to, uh, it's always like, how do I overcome this? It's like, no, wait. Through Jesus, I have overcome. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. I think there are things that we're attempting to work hard at overcoming right now that we need to stop working to overcome and start seeing ourselves through what Jesus has already done. It's the blood. I think there's some of us in this room, we're attempting to overcome an obstacle that Jesus has already overcome. So what do I need to do? Understand what he's overcome and step into it as an overcomer. (laughs) You are already an overcomer. Did you know that this morning? All right, I got, I got props this morning. Come on, illustration time. As I was praying about this message, I saw this picture of this chair. And I'm going to tape something to this chair, and I want you to see yourself and your name taped to this chair. Andrew Fish, the overcomer. Jeff Montgomery, the overcomer. Jason Church, the overcomer. Craig Kamali, the overcomer. (laughs) Come on, Donna. That's right. That's it. Andrew Fish, the overcomer. Why, why Why is this chair here? There's a great verse, Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Oh, I found this so fascinating. The Lord was downloading this thing of a chair to me and how this is already prepared for you. All you have to do is sit in the chair. 
Sometimes we're in the middle of a battle in, our, in the midst of our enemies. But what we have to understand is that he's already prepared a table. He's already prepared a table, and he's actually pushed a chair up and stamped your name on it that says, Andrew Fish, the overcomer, in the middle of the battle. Into the battle. There's a chair with a table in the middle of everything. There's swords fighting. Culture's like, what about this? Social media's like, here, post this. And everything's coming at you. Addictions. All this stuff, and it's like, what happens? There's a table right here. Oh, that's better. Andrew Fish, the overcomer. That's a better vantage point right there. Oh, what's this? A whole bunch of crazy people pretending to fight? Get out of here. The blood of the Lamb. In the midst of my enemies. He has prepared a table, and there's a chair there that already has your name on it. Andrew Fish, the overcomer. What did I do to earn this chair? Nothing. It's the grace of God. I came into right standing with him by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I put my trust in him. And then he says, here you go. Here's your chair in the midst of your enemies. You can sit in this chair, and now your identity is as an overcomer through the blood of the Lamb. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Like, this doesn't mean that we don't have to fight battles. It doesn't mean that we don't have things that we need to overcome. What it does, though, is that we have to understand that some things we're fighting from our flesh when the Lord says, fight from your chair. Fight as an overcomer. Like he has overcome. And we can take courage and hope. Oh, we can have hope in the fact that from the beginning of time, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit from the very beginning, had a plan of redemption. From the very beginning. This is the gospel. Genesis 3.15 says this. This is God talking to the serpent. He says, and I will make enemies of you and the woman and of your offspring and her descendant. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Why is this passage important? Because this is the gospel. This is it. What was the plan? Jesus would come to earth as a baby. He would die on the cross, taking our place, taking our sins, paying the penalty so that we could walk with him, so that we could be justified in our righteousness and that we would have the hope of eternal life forever through Jesus. And right here, God in Genesis 3.15 makes it very clear We all know the story. Adam and Eve disobey. There's consequences. It's the fall. But I want you to see this right here is the end of Satan. Because it says, he shall bruise you on the head. A head blow is a death blow. Who is he? Jesus. 
The redemption plan, the finality of this redemption plan is that the enemy is forever gone. Right? Come on, the return of Jesus and Jesus is going to finally, completely destroy Satan. It is, it's going to be done. It's going to be amazing. And I want you to see here that through the seed of the woman and her offspring, Jesus shall crush Satan on the head. And then it says Satan would bruise him on the heel. What's the bruising of the heel? It's the cross. He tried to, he tried to kill Jesus. He bruised him on the heel. What happened? Jesus overcame. Satan bruised Jesus, meaning that he hurt him. Think about the agonizing pain that Jesus endured on the cross for us. 39 lashes, a crown of thorns, sweating drops of blood, emotional abuse, getting spit at, having his hands and feet nailed to a wooden cross. But it was unto the fact that Jesus would conquer death and rise again, as we know, as new covenant believers. And he would do this. Oh, Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy? You. He endured the cross knowing that he would take all of that and he would allow us to say, we are overcomers through the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. And thank you, Jesus, that one day you will finally crush Satan. And we thank you for that, Lord. Why is this important? This is important. Romans 16, 20 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. This is the gospel, and this is you overcoming the enemy through what Jesus did. See, when you read this, as a believer, you need to read this with the understanding that you were there with, like Jesus had you in mind when this happened. And as we step into believing in Jesus, we get to see ourselves through the cross. We get to see ourselves through the resurrection, and we get to step into the reality of what the blood purchased for us. Galatians 4, 4, 4, 5 says, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. You're a son and a daughter this morning. You've been adopted as a son and a daughter. So through Jesus, not only will we overcome once and for all when the plan of redemption is completed, but we have already overcome through the cross and the resurrection. And this morning, I want to give us three quick keys in 15 minutes. Lord, help me. Of what, what have we overcome? Key number one, sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But sinned is past tense. Why? Because as a believer, it's past. Your sin has been nailed to a cross. Your past sin, your present sin, and your future sin. Jesus didn't, he paid for all of it. He paid for all of it. He didn't pay for some of it. 
He didn't pay for us to try to trudge through it. He paid that you would be free. I love this quote from William Tyndale. He says, Christians are saved not only from a life of sin, but to a life of holiness. We talked about this when I talked about repentance a while back. We're not just, we don't just repent from something, we repent unto something. You don't just not sin and say, okay, I'm just, I'm just not a sinner. No, you're holy. You walk in holiness. You're not just free from a life of something. You're free unto holiness. And that's what the Lord is doing in this nation. It's what he's doing in this region. It's what he's doing in the church. Is he's saying, you're not just going away from something. Holiness is crashing in. The holiness of the Lord. Oh, that we would see him as holy. Oh, that we would see ourselves that way. He didn't just save you from a life of sin so that we would live attempting to not sin. He saved you from a life of sin and called you in a life of holiness. Through Jesus, you don't have to work your entire life under the law attempting to overcome sin. You have already overcome sin through Jesus. Jesus took all of it on the cross. It is finished. And he, he didn't say, well... It's almost finished. Is that what Jesus said? Well, one day it'll be finished. It is finished. It is finished. So how does this affect your everyday life? I love this quote by another pastor in the area. His name's Micah Bertal. And we just bless the house Fort Worth, Lord. He says this, and I love this quote. Temptation is sin asking permission. If it has to ask permission, that means you have authority over it. Oh, that's so good. Oh, you got to hear that again. Temptation is sin asking permission. If something has to ask permission, it means you actually have to give it power. You have power to say no. And I don't... This may be the only point we get to today. (laughs) Temptation is not a sin. Jesus was tempted in the desert. Temptation is not a sin. Which means you have authority over it. Some of us in this room, you need to hear that this morning. You're in the middle of a battle. There's temptation that the enemy is trying to feed you and you feel powerless. And right now, you need to step into Revelation 12, 11 and say the blood of the lamb. It's the blood of the lamb. So no, I'm not going to buy into that temptation. Why? Because the blood of the lamb. That's not who I am. I am an overcomer. And you need to step into that identity with any temptation that you face. It doesn't matter what it is. And sometimes, and I understand this, a lot of you in this room, you know my story. I walked through pornography for 13 years, and the Lord set me free completely. And one of the ways that he set me free was the identity of the fact that I am an overcomer. I don't have to mess with that thing anymore. Oh, but I remember so many days when it felt like the temptation was so strong that there was no way I could say no. 
And if, if you're in this room this morning, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to say anything right now. But if you're in this room this morning and you identify with that statement I just made, you feel like the temptation of the enemy is so powerful over your life that you literally can't say no to it. I just want you to know this morning that you can. You can because of the blood. And what you need to do, some of you, you need to go home. You need to make a, you need to make a sticker. You need to make a sign. Put it on your mirror. Put it in your car. Put it on your phone. Put it at work. Whatever that is. And you need to see yourself right here. Oh, what's that enemy? Temptation? Psh, get out of here. Get out of here. The blood of the lamb. What's that? Pornography? Get out of here. The blood of the lamb. What's that? Addiction? Get out of here. The blood of the lamb. What's that? Condemnation? I know who I am in Christ. I am an overcomer. Get out of here. The chair. It's the chair, guys. It's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus. He's prepared a table before you in the midst of your enemies. One of those enemies is Satan trying to bring condemnation, shame, temptation, accusation. And he tries to say, hey, this is who you are. And you need to sit in your chair as an overcomer. And you need to save the blood of the Lamb. Get out of here. Resist the devil and he will flee. <laughs> Oh, that's good. What if, I'm just going to throw this out here. Okay, you ready for this? I don't, I don't know if you are. What if instead of seeing temptation as this evil thing that is inviting us to do something we shouldn't, we instead see it as an opportunity to use the authority through what Jesus has already done and say it is finished? Oh, wow. That's, oh, man. Mm. Sometimes I... Sometimes temptation is like this thing. We're like, no, temptation. What if instead of that, we said, no, the blood of the lamb. So guess what? I don't have to view it as this thing. I'm like, Ugh. what if it's an opportunity for the authority, the resting place, the Holy Spirit, the power that lives within me? It's an opportunity to say, no, Satan, you have no authority. You have no power in my life because Jesus is more powerful. He's already done it. My sins are nailed to a cross. Temptation has no authority over me because I am his. What if temptation is an opportunity to step into your identity as one who walks in holiness? <laughs> oh, man. The blood of the lamb right now as a believer calls you an overcomer over sin. What does the Bible say? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. This is Galatians 2.20. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's the gospel. When you see Jesus being crucified, you should see yourself being crucified with him. Which means what? You are dead to sin, but alive in Christ. <laughs> That's what Romans 6 says. You're dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Sin has no power over you. It's dead. Oh, man. 
Your sin has been crucified to a cross with a, a very precious sacrifice that Jesus paid. And then I'm going to do one more key this morning, and then we're going to, we're going to land the plane. I'm going to skip a whole bunch of notes. Maybe we could come back to it sometime. There's another thing that we've overcome that I really felt very strongly this morning the Lord wanted me to hit on, and that's condemnation. Romans 8. You just need to read the whole book of Romans. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Now, I want you to see this. It doesn't say, therefore, there is now sometimes not condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for who? Those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's you as a believer. If you're in Christ Jesus this morning, therefore, there is now no condemnation. What does that mean? As believers, we don't have to trudge around attempting to overcome condemnation. The blood of Jesus already did it. He said, no, you're forgiven. He said, no accusation. He said, no shame. He said, no condemnation. Who you are in Christ. Like, it doesn't matter what circumstance you may be struggling with. The reality of the gospel and what Jesus overcame for us is that he destroyed sin and the blood of Jesus cries out, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Why did the blood... Genesis 4 is when Cain kills Abel, right? And it says the blood of Abel cried out. What was the blood of Abel crying out for? Vengeance. What 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 does the blood of Jesus cry out for? You're forgiven. Hebrews 12, I, we, just, we just read it. It's the fact that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And some of you this morning, you've been battling condemnation. You've been battling accusation. And you need to see yourselves as the blood of Jesus is speaking a better word over that. And he says, you are, you are not. You do not have to listen to condemnation. You do not have to let that voice continue to pester in your head, you can say no. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The enemy wants you to live your life trying to attain forgiveness when Jesus says you are already forgiven. I don't have to walk around trying to figure out how to be forgiven. Oh, how do I get forgiven from this? Jesus says, no, you are forgiven. No condemnation. And listen, if anyone else is putting condemnation on you, that's also not the kingdom. If anyone's trying to accuse you, judge you, bring condemnation, that is not the kingdom. And I see it happen all the time. I see it happen even with believers. We condemn other believers. We condemn pastors. We condemn churches. Well, because you're not doing this, well, blah, 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 blah. What is that? It's accusation, and it's not kingdom. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. 
Jesus says, the things you have done don't define you. My blood does. So in order for us, we have to step into this. Like, through the blood, my sin and any form of condemnation has already been wiped away. It's already been done. When he says, it is finished, he said, you have authority over condemnation. You have authority over sin. It's not who you are. I already paid for it. So walk as an overcomer. So we are overcoming. And there's things that we still have to overcome because we're in a spiritual battle and the fullness of the plan of redemption hasn't been completed yet. But you need to see the reality of these things. Sin, condemnation are things that we don't strive to overcome. We see ourselves through what the blood of Jesus has already done. You need to see this morning, the blood of Jesus has done it. And some of you, you need to hear that this morning. And you need to step into that identity. The blood of Jesus has overcome any of my sin. The blood of Jesus has overcome my past. The blood of Jesus says I don't have to listen to condemnation. The blood of Jesus says I'm free. I'm righteous. I'm forgiven. That's who you are. So let's stop trying to become something that we are. Step into the identity of who you are in Christ. So what happens? The enemy tries to throw this at us, right? Here, why don't you have some condemnation? Here. Sin. And he tries to do this. He tries to put it right over that Andrew, the overcomer. What did he do in the garden? Did God really say, is this really who you are, Andrew? And he tries to put labels right over the top of your identity. He tries to come and he tries to put this stamp and he says, oh, no, are you, are you sure that you're an overcomer? What about what you did yesterday? Are you sure that you are free from condemnation? Because here's some accusation. Are you sure? The question, since the beginning of creation, the enemy's tactics have never changed. He's always going to say, did God really say? He's always going to get you to attempt to question your identity. He's always going to get you to try to question who you are in Christ because he knows if you walk in the fullness of the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, then you will step into something that he knows he cannot win anymore. So what happens? The blood of the lamb. It's the blood. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. There's a table prepared before me in the presence of my enemies and the the enemy tries to come and stamp these things on you so that you attempt to fight from this place of not knowing who you are. And I see this. This is, this is the battle we face as believers. We come into a battle not knowing who we are in Christ. And then we're trying to trudge through the battle when there's a table prepared before me in the presence of my enemies. And the table has a chair that says, Andrew the Overcomer. 
And sin isn't stamped to that chair. Condemnation is not on that chair. The grace of God's on that chair. Forgiveness is on that chair. Freedom is on that chair. Righteousness is on that chair. Power's on that chair. Authority's on that chair. So I sit. And instead of attempting to come into a battle, like, oh, I don't know. No, I, the blood of the Lamb, the word of my testimony, I come into the battle from this chair. And if I come in from this chair, oh, the enemy has no shot, no chance. We give the enemy way more authority than he deserves. We give him way more props, way more props. We give him way too many likes. He's got way too many likes on Facebook. Unfollow. Some of you, you need to unfollow. Condemnation, you need to unfollow. Sin, you need to unfollow it. That voice that says, look at what you've done, unfollow. That voice that says, you're not good enough, unfollow. That voice that says, hey, remember what you did 10 years ago? Unfollow. Unfollow it. Why? This is my chair. Because I'm comfy. Because I'm sitting in the blood of Jesus. That's washed me white as snow. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. That's washed me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, if we grasp this this morning, the enemy has no chance. This is the reality. I love what Peter Lewis talks about when it comes to the gospel. He says, you... The gospel is like, it's like a steak dinner. It's like you, you sit down at a steak dinner and you're going to eat the steak. So the gospel is like that. We don't get tired of the gospel. We don't, we, don't, we don't get tired of the reality of the blood of Jesus. It's like a good steak dinner every time. Whoa. Presence of my enemies. I'm ready to eat some steak. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. So this morning, I want to do this, and I want you to be bold, because there's some people in this room and watching online, you, you need to step into freedom this morning. And I want you to come up, if you need to step into this identity at a greater level, and specifically freedom from sin and freedom from condemnation, I want you to just come to the front, and I want to pray for you. Because the Lord's going to set people free this morning from condemnation. He's going to set people free from sin. He's going to set people free. Is there anyone else? Come on. There's a few more. There's a few more. Jesus. Could I get, could I get our staff to come pray? well. Lord, Jesus, come on, if, if there's anybody else, don't miss this moment if this is you. If you're in the room, don't miss this moment. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the identity of who these are in Christ. Right now, the Lord says no condemnation, no more, no more, no more, no more. 
no more. Sin has no power. Sin has no power, no condemnation. Jesus, we release your freedom, God. Come on, if you're sitting, I want you to engage. Pray, begin to pray. Jesus, we thank you right now. The blood says you're forgiven. The blood says you're forgiven. It speaks a better word over your life this morning. Some of you, you need to say, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. thank you for the message that this man carries. I thank you for the message that you put inside of his heart. And I just ask you, I just see this picture of you and I see the, the roar of a lion over your life. And I feel like the Lord says it's time to let the lion out. It's time to let the lion out. So Jesus, we thank you for his identity in you, God. And we just release the roar of a lion inside of him, God. In Jesus' name, Lord. And we come against any attack of the enemy, anything that would try to come against him, Lord. Condemnation, Lord. We just declare, go. In Jesus' name, you're gone. You're gone. And Jesus, we just declare freedom. God, I thank you that who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. We just release your freedom. So we have some students going to circuit rider camp. Are they in here? If you're going to circuit rider camp, come up. We want to pray for you. I love, love, love circuit riders. If you don't know who they are, Google them. I've been friends with them for a long, long time, and they are as real as real gets. I'm so excited that these guys are going. So if you'd like to pray for them, come up now and just surround them and let's pray them out. Thank you, Lord, for these students. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to go to Circuit Riders Camp. And Lord, I just pray over each one of their hearts, Lord, that you would open up their hearts to receive everything that you want to do. Lord, I just pray for ears to hear, Lord, that their ears would be open to hear what you're saying. Lord, I just pray that you would speak. And Lord, even that you would use them as they're there to even speak to others. And Lord, I pray that the seeds that get planted in each one of their hearts, Lord, would be received in good soil. And Lord, I thank you that you're watering it. And Lord, that you're going to move. And Lord, we receive what you're going to do. Even when they come back, Lord, we already say we receive it. We receive you back with what the Lord has done. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. 
Lord, I thank you for the impact of generations that's going to happen this week at camp. Lord, that there will be generations impacted by what's going to happen this week. And we thank you for it. And we send y'all out as a body. And we, we send you out as convergence to go and to see and to receive what the Lord is giving and to hear what the Lord is saying and to run with what the Lord has given you. In Jesus' name. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. Can we all stand? I'm going to release us, but I just want us to pray real quick. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And Lord, we just thank you for everything that you are calling us to as a church and for what you're doing, Lord. And we just thank you that we are an overcoming church. We are overcomers. And so, Jesus, we just release a fresh outpouring. We release a fresh, a fresh tidal wave of your blood, a fresh reality of the blood of Jesus. We thank you for that, God. And we thank you for everything that you are, you are doing in this house. And we just say yes to the new wine. We say yes to the new wineskin. Say yes in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're so glad you came this morning. Just want to encourage you, leave this place as an overcomer.